Chapter 1, Security Breached The inside of Freddy's hatch is surprisingly comfortable. It isn't as squished inside as he thought it would be. He honestly didn't think he'd fit at first, but he did, with wiggle room to spare. Either he's really small or Freddy is that large. Probably both. Freddy is, what, ten feet tall? It feels like he is at least. And he knows for a fact that he's too skinny and small for a ten-year-old. Perks of living on the streets for a year. It's no big deal. All he has to do is wait for the scary security guard lady to go far away and then he can make his escape. That was his original plan, until someone walked into Freddy's room. All right, big guy, let's see what the hell is wrong with you. Gregory's heart starts beating rapidly, not expecting an unknown visitor to come see Freddy. They sound male, and have a weird accent. He can hear them tinkering with Freddy, so they must be a mechanic. Of course a mechanic would come check on Freddy after he malfunctioned, why didn't he think about that? Ah, uh, showtime already? Afraid not, the person responds, you had a malfunction on stage. Freaked everyone out. Oh dear. I apologize for the inconvenience Mr. Schmidt. Not your fault big guy, the guy, Mr. Schmidt huffs, but I'm not sure why your system shut down so suddenly. The guy tinkers with Freddy for a few more minutes before something knocks into the bear, jostling him a bit. It surprises Gregory so much that he accidentally lets out a small yelp. He quickly covers his mouth and nose with both hands, cursing himself for his stupidity. What, was that? I am not sure Mr. Schimt. It sounded like Dash, the guy doesn't finish his sentence. Gregory hears him walk around Freddy, facing the animatronic's front. Open your hatch. Gregory freezes in fear as Freddy does just that, making him come face to face with the mysterious Mr. Schimt. He looks a lot younger than Gregory thought he'd be. He was expecting an adult, but this guy looks like a teenager, maybe a little older. He's fair-skinned, with freckles lining his exposed shoulders, and he has blue eyes and short, wavy brown hair. He doesn't look threatening, especially with that terrified look on his face. Jesus fuck dash, he curses. He gently reaches in towards him, and Gregory's first instinct is to wiggle away from the stranger. Hey 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 kid calm down, it's not safe for you in there. Kid? There is a child in my hatch. That space is reserved for cakes and pinatas only. No shit Freddy, the man scoffs. Freddy mutters a language, but it's ignored. Gregory squirms as the man places one arm under his back and legs, lifting him out of Freddy's hatch. Easy does it. Once Gregory is safely on the floor, he looks up at Mr. Schmidt with a frown on his face. Schmidt levels him with his best, what the fuck are you doing, face. What the hell are you doing there kid? Language, Freddy says. Schmidt rolls his eyes. Hiding. Okay. And why were you hiding? The security guard started chasing me so I climbed into Freddy's hatch to avoid her. Officer Vanessa was just trying to do her job, Freddy says, I will contact the main office and tell her you are here. Freddy's eyes light up, but they dim just as quickly. The bear hums in confusion. Strange, my signal seems to be weak. It's probably her fault, Gregory huffs, I don't trust her. All right. Gregory looks up at Schmidt in surprise. Even Freddy looks surprised, as surprised as a robot can. Mr. Schmidt shrugs. What? I'm not gonna force you to trust her or something. 
I'll just take you to the entrance myself, or even have Freddy do it, if you like him more. Plus, I never fully trusted Vanessa either, so I don't blame you for getting wary. I have never noticed something odd about Officer Vanessa, Freddy says. Mr. Schmidt shrugs again. It's more of a vibe thing, I guess. You, you won't hand me over to her? Nah, Schmidt shakes his head, I'm not as much of a hard ass as Vanessa anyway. I'm almost done with my shift, so just stick by me and I'll call your parents so they can take you back home. That, sounds a lot better than having Vanessa help him even though there are no parents waiting for him. And this Mr. Schmidt guy seems okay, unlike Officer Vanessa. He doesn't get any bad vibes from him, as the older man puts it. So, he nods. Alright, just don't try anything funny. I'll kick you in the ankles. Mr. Schmidt chuckles. Noted. I'll see you tomorrow then Freddy. I will see you tomorrow, Mr. Schmidt. And I hope to see you under better circumstances, superstar. M name is Gregory, he says, waving towards Freddy, bye Freddy. Sorry for hiding in your hatch. It is fine. I am just glad you are alright. Gregory nods and follows Mr. Schmidt out of Freddy's room. He locks the room with some sort of pass, before stuffing his hands in his pockets and walking towards, somewhere. First, I need to go fix the shitty pass machine that keeps breaking down, then I'll clock out and contact your parents. Shouldn't take more than 10 minutes. Sounds good. Yeah, he shrugs. Mr. Schmidt nods and begins walking towards the main atrium, so he sticks close by his side. He recognizes the path they are on, is taking him to the prize area. Gregory didn't spend too much time there, but when he first snuck in he contemplated stealing a few items from here. He decided against it, figuring getting caught stealing a few prizes wasn't worth missing out on free food. So, Mr. Schmidt starts, why did Officer Vanessa start chasing you in the first place? Did you get lost or something? Sort of, he mumbled. He looks up at Schmidt. Why do you sound like that, he asks, partially for the topic change and because he's also curious. Sounds like what? My accent? Schmidt chuckles, I'm a British kid. I originally lived in England. Why you move here? My parents moved here when I was younger, so I didn't really have a choice. Do you miss living there? No. It's been a very long time since I've lived there. Wouldn't feel like home anymore. Gregory frowns. How old are you? 21. How old are you? 10. Really? You're kind of small for your age. Maybe you're just a giant. Schmidt cackles as they walk into the prize area. Maybe so. Mr. Schmidt leads them towards a machine that he assumes is the pass dispenser. Schmidt kneels in front of it, examines it for a couple seconds, before punching the thing. Gregory flinches at the loud noise. What the hell? Relax. It just gets jammed, Schmidt says, I really don't want to open it up, and this is easier. You're not very good at your job. A, Schmidt gestures his hand in a, SOSO, way, I get by. I'm better at handling animatronics than this hunk of shit. At least he's honest, Gregory will give him that. He decides to take this time to look around. Maybe now he can take some prizes, or maybe Mr. Schmidt will let him take something, to compensate for this shitty night. He'll definitely ask for a hoodie, it gets cold outside and a newspaper isn't a very good blanket. 
he spots a gift box not too far away and walks over to it. He grabs the handle and turns it, smiling as the box opens for his free prize. His smile falls once he sees what's inside. A crappy Mr. Hippo magnet, he mutters, reaching in to grab the stupid magnet. He doesn't even care about Mr. Hippo. He'd rather have any of the main for than him. God, why won't this fucking thing budge? He hears Mr. Schmidt complain. He turns around to see the older man kick the pass dispenser in anger, running a hand through his brown hair. Gregory looks down at the magnet, then back at the machine. Maybe if he just... He walks back over to the machine and puts the magnet on it. Immediately the machine vibrates to life and spits out a pass in the bin. Mr. Schmidt stares at the pass in awe and picks it up. He looks down at Gregory. You trying to steal my job, kid? No, he huffs, I just remembered that magnets mess with machinery, right? They do, he smiles. He ruffles Gregory's hair, and he hopes the older man doesn't notice how knotted it is. You're a pretty smart kid. Thanks for helping me out. Gregory blushes and looks away from Mr. Schmidt. It's been a long time since he's received any kind of affection or compliment, but he won't tell the older man that. Whatever. Can we go now, before Officer Vanessa finds us? Yeah sure, Schmidt says, pocketing the pass, I'll just clock out then dash. Who wants candy, Tilda? Chapter 2, Good Plan? Him and Mr. Schmidt freeze. He hides behind the older man's legs as he spots Chica walking around the entrance of the area. He saw her perform earlier today, but she didn't look so, twitchy. Also, why is she here? Shouldn't she be in her room like Freddy? Something is wrong, Schmidt whispers, she shouldn't be out roaming around. Well, that confirms his suspicions then. What should we do? I'm going to try and talk to her. Hide behind the prize counter until I come back. Gregory really does not like that plan. He'd rather run away, but if Mr. Schmidt can ask her to leave, then it's worth a shot. He nods and runs over to the prize counter, squatting down behind it. He peeks around it so he can hear their conversation. Chica! Mr. Schmidt yells. The animatronic turns around quickly towards him. What are you doing out here? You should be in your room. Hello Mr. Michael, she chirps. Michael, must be his first name. Officer Vanessa let us out with strict instructions to capture the intruder and bring him to her. Intruder? That, that isn't right. I heard she was chasing a child. His name is Gregory, and he is an intruder. I must catch him and bring him back to Vanessa. You don't have to do that, Michael says, I'll find him and contact his parents. Tell Vanessa that I'll handle it. No, he needs to go with Officer Vanessa. He doesn't like this. He doesn't like how persistent she is. Vanessa wants to catch him badly, and he doesn't understand why. He's just some kid who snuck in and took some food, does that really warrant a whole robot search party? Chica turns her head, and Gregory quickly hides behind the counter again, hoping her eyes didn't meet his. Sadly, he wasn't quick enough. Gregory, Tilda. Shit, he hears Michael curse. He hears loud thudding footsteps before an even louder thud and the sound of Chica yelping. He stands up and startles when a hand grips his own. Come on, she won't stay down forever. What did you do? 
tripped her. Michael yells, running the opposite direction of where they came in, she's a lot more unstable in this state. Your parents are looking for you, Tilda. Gregory tightens his grip on Michael's hand as they run away from Chico. He blindly follows Michael since the brown-haired man knows this place better than he does. He looks behind him and almost sighs in relief when he sees that Chica is farther behind them now. They had to run all the way around from where they once were, but at least they escaped her sight. Once he notices they are at a safe distance, Michael slows down, slowly catching his breath. Good lord, he huffs, I should have known something like this would happen sooner or later. What, he gasps, this has happened before. Not while I've been working here, which is only five days. Mind you, Michael sighs, but Fazbez has a history of animatronics getting a little quirky at night. It seemed a little too peaceful here. So what do we do now, he asks. Well, our main priority is getting you the fuck out of here, but it'll be hard with everyone roaming around now. Gregory frowns and looks down at the floor. Suddenly, an idea pops into his head. Hey, why don't I just hide inside Freddy and have him take me to the entrance? Absolutely not, Michael says, glaring at him. Gregory huffs. You got lucky the first time, but who knows what'll happen if we put you back in there. Animatronic accidents have happened before, and the people involved always get hurt, or worse, they die. I'm not taking that risk with you. But Freddy didn't seem dangerous. And his hatch was really roomy. I don't think it'll turn me into, like, a human meat pretzel. No Gregory. He huffs again and pulls his hand away from Michael's. Then I'll just go back to Freddy by myself and ask him to take me back towards the entrance. I don't need your help. Do you have a photo pass? Uh, no. You need one to open his door. I'll find one. It's back towards where Chica was. I can dodge her. Michael's glare worsens. You're not gonna let this go, you? Nope. It's a good plan and you're just too big of a weenie to see it. They continue to glare at each other. Gregory doesn't budge, and unless Michael has an even better plan, this is their best opportunity. Finally, after a few more seconds, Michael sighs and runs a hand over his face. Good lord, I can't believe I'm letting a toddler bully me. I'm ten. You're toddler-sized, so shut up. We'll go along with your damn plan. He ignores the first half of his sentence and smiles. See, I knew it was a good plan. It's a god-awful plan that's the best out of any god-awful plan I'll come up with, the older says. He holds his hand out towards him, and Gregory takes it. But, if you so much as feel or even think something is off while you're inside his hatch, then you immediately yell for me and I'll get you out. Clear? Clear, he nods. Michael nods back and begins walking back towards Rockstar Row. But I'll be fine. I'm a lot tougher than I look. I'm sure you are, Michael smirks, you did manage to escape Vanessa's sight, so I'll give you that. Is she always that scary? A kind of. She also hates me, so that probably doesn't help. Why does she hate you? I don't take my job seriously, according to her. He shrugs, which is stupid, if you ask me. This job is us anyway, so why would I even try hard in the first place? Just do what needs to be done and leave. Why did you even take this job? 
I have my reasons. That's foreboding. Oh well, Gregory has secrets too, so as long as Michael keeps helping him and doesn't chase him like Vanessa, then he can keep his own secrets as well. Eye for an eye, or whatever. Chapter 3, Ha, Stupid. Michael unlocks Freddy's door with his photo pass and startles when he sees the bear standing in front of the door. Jesus Freddy, you scared the shit out of me. Language, Freddy says. Gregory giggles as Michael glares at the animatronic. And why are you back here Mr. Schmidt? I thought you were escorting Gregory to the entrance. I was, but there's been a change in plans, Michael says, Vanessa released the others and now they are actively hunting Gregory. Getting him to the entrance unseen is going to be tough, so we need to hide him in your hatch. My friends are hunting Gregory? Freddy asks, his ears drooping. He shakes his head. That is impossible. It is not in our programming to hurt a child. They probably want to help him. Listen Fred, I know I haven't worked here long, but I've worked on you for enough to know your personalities, Michael places a hand on Freddy's shoulder, and the chica I talked to wasn't, normal. She talked about Gregory like he was a dangerous intruder. We can't trust her, which means we can't trust Monty or Roxy either. I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. Freddy's eyelids lower, and it fascinates Gregory how sentient these animatronics are. He actually looks sad, like the thought of distrusting his friends hurts him. Maybe it really does. I see, then I will help escort our superstar here to the exit and make sure to avoid the others. Thanks Freddy. Freddy opens his hatch and Gregory climbs inside, rearranging himself so that his knees are pulled up to his chest in a comfortable manner. Michael peeks inside. You good in there kid? Yep. Not too crunched up. I'm fine. You sure? Yes mom, he groans, I'm sure. Michael sticks his tongue out, and Gregory sticks his out back. Even though Michael can be overbearing, he's actually kind of fun to be around. He imagines this is what having a brother is like, unlike the siblings he had at his previous foster homes. They were all mean and called Gregory names. Michael does the same, but he isn't malicious about it. It's nice. Alright, Michael says, once the hatch is closed, let's take the tunnels. I don't think the others will be searching down there. It'll take longer, but it should be safer. Okay Mr. Schmidt. The tunnels, he asks, this place has underground tunnels? Yes. The tunnels are meant to connect all the different parts of the plex together. Roxy's Raceway, Monty Golf, and Phaser Blast can all be accessed in their hallways. Only animatronics and employees have access to them. Not me though, Michael scoffs, haven't worked here long enough. Correct. But this is a, special circumstance. Both of them continue walking towards the tunnels Gregory peeks through Freddy's hatch to see they're exactly like how he imagined them, dark and old and really creepy. They have to walk down a lot of stairs before they even make it to the lower levels. They look unused too, and he wonders how often employees really come down here. It looks like they don't at all. Suddenly, Freddy stops. Gregory, I sense that you are broken. Huh? What? Michael echoes back his confusion. Both of them startle as Freddy makes his way towards an unknown location. I will take you to a first aid station, 
Freddy, slow down. Freddy does not slow down. Instead, he ejects Gregory out of his hatch himself once he makes it to said station. Gregory yelps and stumbles out, then turns to glare at the animatronic. I'm fine. I don't need first aid. Bloody hell, don't do that again. Michael says, once he catches up to them, at least give me a warning before you take off like that. My apologies Mr. Schmidt, but I am worried about Gregory. He is broken. Michael's eyebrows furrow as he looks down at Gregory. The blue-eyed man squats down in front of him and eyes him up and down. Gregory squirms in place, not appreciating the third degree. Michael sighs and stands back up to look at Freddy. It's only a few cuts and scratches. He needs first aid. Fine. I'll give him a few bandages if it'll put you at ease. Thank you Mr. Schmidt. Alright, come on kid, Michael says, walking over to the first aid station. He pulls the curtain back and gestures inside. Let's treat those boo-boos. Boo-boos, he scoffs, doing as Michael says and stepping into the station, what are you, five? That would be you squirting. I'm ten. Five, ten, what's the difference? Michael says, grabbing a first aid kit, I was scraping my knees and getting boo-boos my whole childhood. You're never too old for them. Michael picks out a Freddy-themed band-aid and places it on his first cut, the one on his knee. He pats it and goes to grab another band-aid, this one for the cut on his cheek. Gregory hopes the blush on his face isn't too visible as Michael gently places the band-aid over his cut. It's been a long time since someone has cared for him like this, so he's very unused to it. It's embarrassing. All right, all fixed up, Michael says. He holds up his left arm and wiggles his fingers. Hey, at least we match now. Gregory looks at his arm and sees that Michael also has a few Freddy band-aids on him, one on his elbow, one on his thumb, and another one on his middle finger. Gregory giggles and pokes the one on his elbow. How do you get them? Work. I'm just naturally clumsy too, he says, putting his arm down, how do you get yours? I fell. Michael just shrugs, and Gregory's happy he doesn't push the subject. Kids can be really clumsy too, and he did get them from falling, on the pavement while running away from a mean, homeless adult. Michael doesn't need to know that part. Freddy. Him and Michael startle and the older man is quick to hide the both of them inside the first aid station. They both peek out slightly to see Vanessa shine a flashlight in Freddy's face. You're supposed to be on lockdown. Oh officer Vanessa. I, I have no idea how I got here. Shit liar, Gregory thinks. Luckily, Vanessa seems to buy it. She sighs and shakes her head. You know, you really blew it today on stage. You had everyone worried about you. I apologize, I did not mean to worry anyone. Since you're okay now, I assume Michael took a look at you, she hums, is he still here? He should have clocked out a while ago. He said he was leaving after my maintenance checkup. He must have forgotten to clock out then, she scoffs, I swear that guy likes to purposefully get on my nerves. Gregory tries not to chuckle as Michael flips her off from behind the curtain. Look, there's some kid running around and causing trouble. If you see him, bring him to me, okay? I will. Good, she nods. She turns around and heads back the way she came. 
and don't get into too much trouble. You're still on low battery mode. Thank you Officer Vanessa, Freddy says, watching her walk away. Michael sighs once she's gone and swings open the curtain. God what a bitch. Language. You know you don't have to do that every time he cusses, right? Gregory says, I've heard worse. It is in my programming to correct adults and children in their language. It's fucking stupid is what it is. Language. Ha ha, stupid. You're stupid too. You're more stupid. Michael sighs and pinches the bridge of his nose. I'm never having kids. We should hurry towards the entrance, Freddy says, thankfully being the adult in this trio, it is almost midnight. Whatever, Michael groans. He helps Gregory into Freddy's hatch again. In you go you little fucking gremlin. Language. If anyone is a fucking gremlin it's you. Gregory. Language. I'm programming that out of you once this is all done, Michael says, closing the hatch, fuck the rules. Language. Oh my god. Chapter 4, Sunny Days Ahead. No no no. Gregory cries out as the metal doors shut down in front of the entrance, blocking his exit to the outside. He groans and stomps his foot. We were too late. Hang on, Michael says, stepping up to a scanner near the steel doors, let me see if my pass works. He scans his pass against the scanner, but nothing happens. The doors don't move one bit. Gregory huffs again and is about to complain to Michael, but the words die on his tongue when he sees the horrified look on the older man's face. Gregory frowns and slowly walks towards him to take a look at the scanner. It's red, with a triangle and the symbol of a bunny inside it. Why does Michael look so scared by that? Michael? Mr. Schmidt? I knew it, the older man whispers, his back. He's here. Who? he asks. Michael looks down at him. We need to get you out of here as fast as possible. This place just became even more dangerous. Mr. Schmidt, who has got you so distressed? Freddy asks, is there an intruder I do not know about? Oh, you've definitely heard about him, Michael mutters. He looks up at Freddy. You know about the rumors, right? The ones that VR games tried to shove under the rug? Freddy's eyes widened. Mr. Schmidt, you cannot possibly believe them, right? They are rumors for a reason. They were shoved under the rug for a reason, Freddy, Michael growls, but I know it's all true, and the man behind it all is still alive. He's here in this pizza plex. What's going on, he asks, becoming impatient, who is this guy you're talking about? He's a bad man Gregory, Michael whispers, he's ruined so many lives, and taken just as many as well. He uses Fazbear's as a cover to do his killings, and him being here would explain the most recent disappearances. W.O., hang on, he stutters. This is too much. Michael is only joking, right? You're saying a killer is here? How are you so sure? Because I know him. Gregory flinches and he takes a step back. Oh oh. Doesn't mean I like him, Michael scoffs, in fact, I've tried to stop him before but that piece of shit always seems to come back. That's why I took this job in the first place, I knew something fishy was going on here. Mr. Schmidt, how do you know this man? Freddy asks, if the rumors are true, then these killings would have taken place in the 70s and 80s. 
According to my file, you are only 21. Michael scowls. It's complicated. What am I going to do? Gregory groans. He squeezes his eyes shut and ruffles his hair in frustration. How am I going to survive and get out? He keeps his eyes closed and tries to imagine a scenario where he makes it out of here in one piece. He thought a security guard was too much, but now he has three animatronics and a whole serial killer after him. God, he just wanted some food. He would have never stepped ten miles around this place if he knew how cursed it was. Hey, Gregory. He startles slightly when he feels a hand gently grip his right wrist. He opens his eyes to see Michael squatting in front of him, a serious look on his face. I know this must be really scary for you, but you aren't alone. Me and Freddy are here to protect you and help you escape. Right Fred? Of course, Freddy nods, your safety is my top priority. And I won't let this bastard or Vanessa or any animatronic take you away. You'll make it out of this and see your family again, I promise. He ignores the family part, instead focusing on the intensity behind Michael's promise. Gregory hasn't known an adult since his mom who seemed so worried about his safety. Michael and Freddy care, and he's only known them for barely an hour. It's strange, but nice. It's nice having someone on his side for once. Okay. Thank you Michael, Freddy. Michael smiles and nudges Gregory's chin with his knuckle. You are one tough kid. Gregory looks at Michael in awe as he stands up and looks at Freddy. Not wanting to be far from the man's side, he inches closer to him. So, how should we go about getting him out? There are security badges located all around the pizza plex. One of those could be helpful in opening an entrance. Michael frowns and reaches into his maintenance uniform pocket, pulling out the daycare pass they acquired earlier. Freddy's eyes light up. The daycare has a security pass located behind the security desk. I guess we'll start there, Michael mutters, we just need to be quick, before the sun finds us. Whose son? The animatronic who runs the daycare, Michael hands the pass to Gregory. He takes it and looks at the picture of a sun and moon animatronic on the front of it. Both look incredibly unsettling. How are these things allowed to watch children? This'll be tricky, since there's only one accessible entrance to the daycare, Michael says, as they make their way to said place, the other one you need permission from sun or moon to enter, so we can't take that one. Why do you need permission? Safety protocol. It is so no intruders can enter the daycare at any time. Sun and Moon act as the bodyguard as well as the babysitter to every child who comes into their care, Freddy says. So you need a pass to enter one entrance, and permission from an animatronic to enter the other. This place has a lot of security measures in place, and yet somehow a serial killer has managed to take refuge here. Wild. Michael scans the daycare pass on the entrance door and it opens to reveal a huge room with a giant statue of the Sun and Moon animatronic in the middle. There's waiting tables scattered around, and two large TVs advertising some candies. He could actually go for some sugar right now, he's up way past his usual bedtime. Here Gregory, take this. Freddy opens his hatch to reveal a party gift inside. Where he got that, he isn't sure, but he reaches in and opens the top of it, pulling out a Freddy-themed watch. Oh cool. It is a fast watch. It will help me keep in touch with you and Mr. Schmidt. Thanks Freddy, he says, putting the watch on. 
he sees that the watch has multiple tabs, such as speakers, maps, cameras, and notes. He clicks around to find that the map tab is unavailable and the camera tab is all static. The notes tab is working, but it's just filled with customer complaints and employee reports. Oh well, at least the speaker tab is working. As long as he can stay in touch with Freddy, it's fine. Be safe down there, you too, Freddy says, I will meet you at the front door. Will do, Michael salutes. Gregory copies him and salutes Freddy back. The bear nods and turns around, supposedly heading towards the large wooden gate on the other side of the daycare. Gregory turns to look at the slide across from them. So that's the entrance? Yep. Just slide down it and, hey wait. You said we have to be fast, he yells. He quickly sits down on the slide and rides down it, landing in a large ball pit once he makes it to the bottom. He looks around and sees that the actual daycare is pretty big too, with a ball pit and multiple jungle gyms surrounding it. He quickly moves away from the slide, knowing Michael will follow him down any second, and moves towards the steps near the middle of the pit. Just when he thinks he's in the clear, he hears an unfamiliar voice from above. Well hello hello. Chapter 5, Dark Times Ahead Gregory flinches and looks up, heart suddenly pounding in fear as sun walls out from a balcony overlooking the entire daycare. He hears Michael yell, shit, behind him as sun twirls around and dives into the ball pit below. He panics and runs towards the stairs as fast as he can, but it's useless. He yelps in fear as sun pops up in front of him and picks him up by the armpits. Hello friend. Are you here for a slumber party? Let me go, he yells, wiggling in the animatronic's grip. It doesn't let go as it skips out of the ball pit. Sun. Sun pauses in his skipping and turns around. Michael stumbles out of the ball pit and rushes towards the two of them. Oh, Mr. Michael. I haven't seen you in so long. Welcome. You saw me five days ago, Michael huffs. He walks up to the sun and makes grabby hands at it. Can I have the kid back? Oh, is he your child? Sun asks. Well, no dash. Then you can't have him, no no no. Sun shakes his head, only guardians are allowed to take their children. He has to wait here for them, yes he does. Sun finally puts him down and he immediately makes a run for it. He yelps again as the animatronic picks him up and places him in the spot he was previously. Don't go, little friend. We're gonna have too much fun. We can play games and draw colorful pictures. You just have to follow my one rule. Sun leans in closely. Keep the lights on. 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 Gregory gulps. He doesn't like that, the way his voice got all distorted. He's probably just as corrupted as the others. Oh for God's sakes Dash, he hears Michael groan. The older man walks over to a tower of blocks and pushes it over. Sun screeches as if he's in pain and rushes over to the fallen tower. Oh no no no. Where's the bottom, where's the top? Clean up, clean up. Come on Gregory, while it's distracted. Michael yells, holding his hand out. Gregory runs towards the older man and grabs his hand, following him as he leads him towards what he assumes is the security desk. We should be safe behind here. Animatronic are programmed to keep away from security areas. Oh no friends, only security guards are allowed back there. Sun yells from across the room. 
Michael points towards a Freddy head on the desk. You get the badge, while I charge my torch. I have a feeling we might need it at some point. Okay, he nods. He walks over to Freddy's head and examines it. He reaches out to poke it a few times, one poke landing directly on its nose. It honks and opens up, revealing a level 4 security badge. He smiles. Nice. He grabs the badge, and suddenly, everything goes dark. His eyes widened in fear. Michael. I'm here, I'm here, he hears a voice say beside him, what happened? I, I don't know. I grabbed the badge and suddenly the lights went out. No. Gregory flinches, and he feels Michael push him behind his back, blocking him from Sun, who's standing on the security desk, clawing his face in agony. I warned you. I warned you. Sun makes a few screeching noises before falling backwards, silence replacing his previous cries. Gregory is hopeful that that's the last of him, before a hand creeps over the side of the desk, followed by another hand. Naughty boy Tilda. Glowing red eyes peer over the desk at them. Gregory flinches as Moon hops onto the spot where Sun just stood. Naughty, naughty boy Tilda, it coos, before launching itself into the air and disappearing from sight. He's almost about to ask Michael what to do now before his fazwatch makes a static sound. Gregory. I don't know what you did, but the lights have shut off in the daycare. You need to turn them back on, and quickly. How do I do that? He asks. There are generators located inside the play structures. You need to turn on all five for the backup lights to turn back on. Do you know where the generators are? He asks Michael. The man scowls and shakes his head. I've only been in the daycare once before. I didn't even know we had backup generators in this place. T then what are we gonna do? Michael takes his flashlight and hands it to Gregory. You are going to find and turn on the generators while I distract Moon. I can't fit inside the gyms, so just focus on finding them and leave the Moon to me. B but, we only have one flashlight. How will you be able to see? I'll be fine, Michael smiles, I know the general direction of the block towers. I just need to knock those down and he'll be distracted instantly, just like Sunday. I won't give it a chance to find you, okay? He takes a deep breath and grips the flashlight in hands tightly. Time to be tough. Okay. Okay, Michael nods. He ruffles his hair and stands up. Come back here if you need to reorganize your thoughts. Remember, no animatronic is allowed behind this desk, and that includes Moon. And yell for me if you ever think you're in any danger. I'll find you no matter what. Gregory nods and watches Michael make his way towards the left side of the daycare. He's completely blind in a place like this, since he gave Gregory the only flashlight, and yet Gregory believes him when he says he'll find him no matter what. He's just, reliable. He needs to be reliable too. He dashes towards the nearest jungle gym and begins searching. Chapter 6, Please Don't Leave Me Living on the streets has made Gregory immune or scared of a lot of things. Drug dealers? Not a big deal. Homeless people? No biggie. Stray animals? Easy peasy. Angry shop workers? Violent thugs? Creepy people with obvious bad intentions? Those things are what he really fears while living without a roof over his head. But this, this might take the cake.
he's managed to find and turn on four generators, and he's scrambling to find the last one. Michael has done a good job of keeping Moon distracted, but the more generators he finds, the more Moon seems to ignore the messes Michael makes. He's even climbed inside the gym once to chase after him. Luckily, after calling for help, Michael grabbed the animatronic by its legs, and that seemed to be enough of a distraction for him to crawl far away to safety behind the desk. Now, as he searches for the last generator, Moon seems to be hell-bent on capturing him. Not even Michael grabbing at him seems to work. Naughty boys deserve to be punished Tilda. He yelps as a clawed hand grabs him by the ankle and drags him out of the slide he was about to climb up. He screams and kicks as Moon dangles him upside down, glowing red eyes staring right back into his terrified one. This can't be it. He was so close. He only had one more. Good night Tilda. Michael, he screams, as Moon swipes a clawed hand at him. He squeezes his eyes shut and prepares himself for the pain, but it never comes. He opens them back up in surprise to see Michael on Moon's back, holding back Moon's arm with all his strength. The man growls and kicks the animatronic harshly. Let him go. Moon growls and surprisingly, does just that. Gregory groans as he lands on his back and looks up to see Moon grab Michael by his shirt and dangle him in the air, just like he did with Gregory moments before. He gasps and sits up, ignoring the sting in his back. Michael. I'll be fine, he says, just hurry up and find the generator. I don't know if I can distract him for much longer. Naughty boy Tilda, Moon coos, lifting up a clawed hand. He doesn't want to leave Michael alone, but he knows that the faster the lights turn on, the safer they are. So he rushes up the slide again, towards where he thinks he saw the last generator. He hears a slash sound, followed by a pained yell, and crawls as quickly as he can. He won't let Michael die for him. He'll save him, and then they can get the fuck out of here and never return. He makes it to the top, and searches high and low for a red light. Finally, he spots a faint red beam to his left, and makes a mad dash for it. He quickly flips the switch to the last generator and sighs in relief when the lights turn back on, just like Freddy said they would. They did. They really did it. He celebrates for approximately two seconds before remembering the pained yelp Michael let out before the lights turned on. He makes his way back out of the jungle gym and gasps at the sight of sun standing over Michael's body. He's laying on his side and groaning in pain. He runs towards the older man. Michael. Mr. Mike. Sun mutters. He's about to lean down towards the man, but Gregory quickly stands between him and the animatronic. Don't touch him. He turns around and takes a look at the man's injuries. For scratch marks on his lower right arm, and one running down his lower right cheek. It looks like he tried to block Moon's claws with his arm, but one of them managed to knock him on the face. Gregory kneels beside him and hovers shaky hands over the injuries. M. Michael, are you okay? M. Fine, the man mutters, slowly opening his eyes, they are not fatal, but they hurt like a bitch. Oh no no no. Sun cries. Gregory scowls at the annoying animatronic. Blood everywhere. Such a mess. Need first aid, need it quick. Gregory doesn't protest as the animatronic skips away, probably to retrieve a first aid kit. Michael slowly sits up and cradles his bleeding arm. He looks at Gregory, clear worry on his face. Are you okay? Am I, 
you're the one who's bleeding. You got got by Moon too, he nods towards his wrist, I can already see the bruise forming. Gregory startles and looks down at his wrist. Sure enough, there's a large bruise forming all the way around it. He didn't even notice or feel it until now. I'm, it's fine. It's nothing compared to your injuries. So no other injuries to worry about? Maybe a bruised back too, but that's it. Nothing serious. Michael sighs in relief. Good. I'm glad you're okay. I'm sorry you got hurt, he frowns, I tried to be quick. And you were, Michael shrugs, trust me, Moon would have done a lot worse if it had more time. We both did the best we could, in fact, I'm sorry for letting him get to you in the first place. Are you seriously apologizing? You apologized first? Gregory glares at him, and Michael just glares back. After a few seconds, Michael is the first to break, blowing a raspberry and laughing. Gregory drops his glare and joins him. He wonders if it's the adrenaline or actual happiness, but he doesn't care. He's just grateful they're able to laugh after going through this traumatic experience. They probably look like a pair of crazy people right now. So, we're even? Gregory sniffles and wipes the tears from eyes. Yeah. We're even. Michael, Gregory, you two okay? Freddy, he gasps. He almost forgot about him. We're fine. Michael is injured, but I guess son is gonna patch him up. Hang on, I'll open the door for you right now. He rushes towards the big wooden door and opens it, smiling at the bear waiting outside for them. Freddy walks in and frowns. Are you injured as well, superstar? Nah, just a few more bruises, he points towards Michael, Mike is the one who's bleeding over there. I'm fine, the older man yells, as son skips back over to them with a first aid kit in hand, it's not like I'll die or anything. Those are some very serious wounds Mr. Schmidt, Freddy says, as they make their way over to Michael and the animatronic. Sun gently cleans Michael's wounds, and it's weird for him to see the once hostile animatronic act so tenderly now. The sun and moon are so different. Whatever is affecting the others must only be affecting the moon and not the sun, for some reason. More battle scars, Michael smirks. He had noticed that the older man was sporting quite a few scars, including one under his left eye and a few scattered on his arms. The biggest one is running down his top right arm. Either he's really clumsy or gets in trouble a lot. You need to be more careful Mr. Michael. Sun scolds. Gregory glares at it. It's Moon's fault he's hurt in the first place. What? Sun gasps. He shakes his head frantically. No no no, we would never hurt employees. Not allowed to, no no no, it's bad. Son, Michael says, causing the animatronic to look at him, do you not remember anything while Moon is out? No? Son whispers. He places the last bandage on Michael's cheek. He does not remember anything by the time we switch either. He just tells me to not let him out, or something very 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 bad will happen. So he's corrupted, like the others, Michael hums, I guess whatever is inside you two only got to the moon. Others? Sun gasps, you mean the others are acting bad too? Afraid so, Michael groans. He slowly stands up and gently touches the bandage on his cheek. They are treating Gregory like an intruder instead of a lost child, so they are hostile right now. 
Moon would have hurt him if I hadn't stepped in to stop him. Oh no no no, this is bad bad bad. Sun screeches, little rule breaker isn't safe here. You need to leave a little rule breaker. That's what I'm trying to do. Gregory huffs, that's why I needed the security badge. So, you didn't mean to turn the lights off? No? Sun cries out. I'm so sorry little friend and Mr. Michael. So 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 sorry. At least he apologized, Michael whispers to him. He looks at the older man and glares at him. He is not forgiving Moon anytime soon, and Sun just grates on his nerves. He'd rather just get the fuck out of this place. All right then, Michael sighs, I think we've overstayed our welcome. But don't you wanna stay and play some games? No, he says quickly, I wanna get out of this daycare as soon as possible. But it's dangerous out there. You would be safer just staying in here until the doors open at 6am, Michael hums. Gregory panics. You're not seriously gonna leave me alone with him are you? Relax kid, Michael says. He walks behind Sun and lifts up one of the animatronic's back panels. Gregory sees him fiddle with something before pressing a blue button. Sun lifts a hand up to his head as Michael closes the panel. There. I just shut off Moon's AI, so he shouldn't be able to bother you for the rest of the night. I can't hear him anymore, Sun mutters quietly. The most quiet he's been all night. It unnerves him, maybe even more than when the animatronic is screaming. I still don't want to stay here. Mr. Schmidt is the right superstar, it will be safer for you to stay in the daycare, Freddy says, I will stay with you, if that will help ease your nerves. Mr. Schmidt will go look for any exit while we wait here. That sounds a little better. He trusts Freddy a whole lot more than Sunday. But. Then Michael will be alone. Don't worry about me kid. Even if the animatronics or Vanessa try to bust my ass, I can shake them off. I'll be fine. He hates this. He knows they are right. With the animatronics and Vanessa roaming around, it'll be infinitely more dangerous outside the daycare than inside. If Moon somehow does come back out, then Freddy will be here to protect him. He doesn't doubt that. It's logical that he'd just wait for Michael to find an exit for him. But. The man has proven that he'd go to great lengths to protect him. Him, a strange kid who bickers with him and makes fun of his accent. Michael had no reason to put his life in danger for him, but he does. He did, if the two large bandages on his arm and cheek are anything to go by. Gregory has spent years fending for himself and, ironically, in this death trap of a pizzeria, he feels, safe. He feels safe beside Michael, and he isn't ready to give that up yet. Plus, what kind of person would he be, letting him explore this place alone? Just because he's a kid doesn't mean he's incompetent. He can help keep Michael safe too. He moves closer to Michael and grips his pants leg. He doesn't look up at the man, just holds on tightly. Please don't leave me. He whispers. Vulnerable. For once, he doesn't feel scared about being seen as weak. He feels Michael place a hand on his head, and he finally looks up at the brown-haired man. He has a soft smile on his face for once, but he almost looks sad. You're a stubborn kid, you know that? I prefer determination. Of course you do, Michael chuckles. He pats his head twice then turns towards Freddy and Sunday, Gregory is gonna stay with me and Freddy. 
I thought we agreed he would be safer in the daycare, Mr. Schmidt. Truthfully, I'm not even sure of that. I can't guarantee Moon will stay off forever since he's corrupted, and, no offense Freddy, I don't even have a clear confirmation on your status yet. I think Gregory is safest with me, and since I need to find him an exit, he'll just come with me. Are you sure this is a good idea Mr. Schmidt? Nope, Michael says honestly, I don't know what the best plan is. I do know that I'll protect Gregory no matter what, so we're going with the option where we don't split up. It's the only solid plan I have right now. Gregory smiles and goes to hold Michael's hand. The older man doesn't question it. Freddy must notice the gesture, because he nods, agreeing with Michael's plan. All right. We will continue to explore the plex for an exit. Friends are leaving? Sun sighs sadly, please be careful friends. Be very 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 careful, especially your little sunshine. I'm super careful, Gregory puffs his chest out. Sun giggles and pats the top of his head. I'm sure you are. Come on, let's get going, Michael says. Gregory nods and turns to Freddy, who already has his hatch open and ready for him. He climbs in and makes himself comfortable. Freddy and Michael make their way out of the daycare, saying their final goodbyes to Sun. Hey, little guy. I bet you don't even have any friends. Who wants candy, Tilda? Oh great, Michael huffs, looking around as Monty, Roxy and Chica roam the area outside the daycare, the gangs are all here. Hey, Mikey. Michael groans as Monty makes his way over to him, throwing an arm around his shoulder. What are you still doing here? It's way past your usual shift. I'm helping with the search, he shrugs Monty's arm off of him, and I told you not to call me that. Ooh, so Vanessa recruited you too? Monty cackles, she's got everyone looking for this damn intruder. I could be in my room right now, but no, he scoffs, I hope I get him first so I can teach him a lesson about trespassing. The intruder is just a child, go easy on him Monty. The gator just shakes his head. Vanessa said we can be as rough as we can be. An intruder is an intruder, child or not. This is not like you, Monty, Freddy says, you are usually so kind to children. Not ones who are breaking the rules. Monty pats Michael's shoulder before stalking off again. Gregory tries to shrink inside of Freddy's hatch, uncomfortable at the conversation that just took place. He knew Vanessa was bad news. She told everyone to treat him as if he's some wanted criminal. She doesn't care about his safety at all. I thought it was just the killer from decades ago, Michael mutters, but I think Vanessa might be behind the disappearances. Officer Vanessa would never harm a child. We don't know that for sure. And don't you think it's weird she ordered the dangerous intruder protocol instead of the lost child one? She's after Gregory, and it's not to send him home to his family. Gregory is so glad he never trusted her. Chapter 7, Getting to Know Mr. Afton Mr. Schmidt, I am afraid that my battery is running low. Ah oh shit, I forgot about your low battery mode, Michael groans, running a hand through his hair, remind me to fix that if we ever go to parts and service. Language. And I will. Come on, you go charge and I'll go and sack that security office right there. What about me? You, Michael knocks on Freddy's hatch, are staying in there. It shouldn't take Freddy more than five minutes to fully charge, and once he's done you two can join me. Gregory huffs, 
not liking the idea of being separated from Michael. The reason he's even here is so they can stick together. At least it'll only be for five minutes. Fine, he says, upset that Michael can't see his frown right now, just be careful. And don't do anything stupid. Geez, who's the mom now? I'm only letting you lecture me to make you feel better. And I promise to be super duper extra careful just for you. God he can be so annoying. Why does Gregory trust him so much in the first place? His eyes drift to the bandage on the older man's cheek, and he sighs. Whatever. Take care of him, Freddy. Of course Mr. Schmidt. Freddy and Michael part ways, and Gregory watches as Freddy steps into one of those weird charging stations. He hates it here. He's already cramped in this enclosed space, and he feels even more cramped when another enclosed space is added. He isn't claustrophobic, but he thinks he might start being once this night is over. Are you a comfortable superstar? Yeah. Good. Gregory continues to drift off until a loud static noise fills his ears. He cringes and covers his ears, opening his eyes to try and see if anything is causing the noise. When he opens his eyes, he finds that his vision is blurry and static as well. He almost asks Freddy for help when a figure skips past the charging station. It's a woman in a patchwork bunny suit, and she's holding a goddamn knife in her hand. He watches with hazy and fearful eyes as the woman joyfully passes the station, ignoring Freddy completely. Once she's out of sight, his hearing and sight return to normal. What the hell was that? Language. And that is a fountain. A fountain is a decorative reservoir used for discharging water. Have you never seen one before? No, not that, he huffs, I meant the weird bunny lady who just passed by. I am afraid I do not know what you mean. There is no bunny at the Pizzaplex, not anymore. Freddy couldn't see her? How couldn't he? She walked right past them. She even managed to fuck with his senses. Wait, could that mean she messed with Freddy's senses too? Is that why he couldn't see her? Has the killer been hiding under their noses the whole time? We need to go back to Michael, he says, the bunny lady went in his direction. I'm almost done charging, only one minute left. He groans in frustration. He knew they shouldn't have split up. He just hopes the bunny lady ignores Michael just like she did Freddy. She's probably after him only, so she has no reason to attack Michael. Finally, after another minute of agonizing waiting, the charging station beeps, signaling that Freddy is ready. The bear steps out and heads towards the office Michael said he'd be at. When they get there they find Michael hunched over one of the control panels, head in his hands and a pained look on his face. Gregory jumps out of Freddy's hatch and rushes towards the older man. Michael. Mr. Schmidt, you alright? I don't know, he groans. He slowly opens his eyes, blinking a few times, as if he's trying to gain his vision back. I was looking around the cameras when my hearing started to give out. Then my vision got all red and static why. Gregory gasps. It's the bunny lady. She was here. Michael turns to look at him. Bunny lady? There was a lady in a bunny suit that passed by Freddy's charging station. She was holding a knife, and she made my vision and hearing all weird too. But I was the only one who saw her, Freddy couldn't see her at all, even though she passed right in front of him. 
I have not heard of a bunny being here. Not since. Freddy doesn't finish his sentence. Michael grips his shoulders tightly and looks at him head on. Gregory, are you sure it was a woman in a bunny suit? Ah, uh, yeah, he pouts, it was really ugly looking too. It looked like she just sewed it together. So it wasn't golden? No? Michael curses under his breath. Is she the killer you were talking about? No, Michael groans, the original killer is a man, and he wore a golden bonnie suit to lure in his victims. Either he has an accomplice, or we're looking at a copycat killer. Michael sits down and leans against the control panels. I don't know what the hell is going on. I thought this was just William and his psycho us refusing to die again, but it seems like this might be more complicated than the last time. I'm so confused, he says. He sits down in front of Michael and crosses his arms. Who is William? And why do you know him? I think I deserve to know who's trying to kill me. Michael sighs. He leans his head against his right fist, tapping one cheek with his pointer finger. Gregory can see his hands shake, and his whole demeanor screams on guard. He can't blame him for being so put off, this bunny lady thing has made things go from bad to worse, but he wants to know just who is after him. I'll give you the gist of it, Michael hums, William Afton is a child murderer who harvests children's souls for something called Remnant. It grants immortality and it's why he's been around for so long. I've tried killing him twice already, but he keeps coming back and it's annoying as all fuck. Gregory ignores Freddy's language and stares at Michael as if he's a madman. Remnants? Immortality? You're joking. It's a lot to take in. I don't believe you. Then don't. It's still the truth. Prove it. How the fuck am I supposed to prove this? It's not like I have a picture of him or anything. There is a William Afton registered in the database, Freddy interrupts, eyes lit up, but it does not state his relation to Fazbear's. It is classified information. Does it have his birthday? He asks. Freddy's eyes light up again. June 15, 1945. Okay, that's old. But he could still be alive without all the immortality stuff. He would be 81 years old today. See? I don't know what you want me to do kid, Michael shrugs. He looks around the room before perking up. He stands up and walks over to a side desk in the corner of the room. He picks up what looks to be a screwdriver and holds the pointy part up to his eye. Gregory panics. W what are you doing? I'm gonna stab myself, duh. Why? Because I'm immortal too. Gregory freezes. Huh? I was injected with remnants in the 90s, he says. He lifts up his shirt, showing them a large and long scar running from the bottom of his pants up to his chest. I had my organs scoop out, but I survived. Kind of. I was a walking corpse for years, but I was still walking around. Michael points the screwdriver at Freddy. Freddy, look up the profile for a Michael Afton. Freddy's eyes light up. Michael Afton. Born June 21, 1969. Died October 13, 2020. And is his picture of a purple man with bandages around his neck? Yes. I didn't know a person could be that color. Not if they are alive. 
Gregory backs up until his back hits the opposite wall. Who are you? Michael finally drops the screwdriver and sits back down, this time leaning against one of the legs of the table. My real name is Michael Afton, son of William Afton. I've been chasing my father down since 1986, and sadly, have been very unsuccessful. I died in a fire six years ago, but for some reason I came back a few weeks ago, completely healthy again. I knew it wasn't for a good reason, so I got a job here to try and track him down again. That's the real story, the real me. He's never felt as confused as he does right now. He trusted Michael, and yet he didn't even know anything about this man. That's what he gets for trusting a guy he met, like, two hours ago. You lie to me. I lie to everyone. I had to, he shrugs, Michael Afton was dead. I trusted you. I still haven't gone back on my promise, Michael scowls, I've spent the majority of my life trying to stop my father, and I'm not about to give up now. I won't let him hurt any more children. I won't let him hurt you. That, that is true. Michael hasn't broken his promise, and hasn't abandoned him. Gregory doesn't necessarily feel betrayed, he just feels, stupid. He feels stupid for trusting a stranger so quickly. Michael Schmidt doesn't even exist, and Gregory had put so much trust into that man. How is he supposed to trust Michael Afton now? Look, Gregory. Michael slowly makes his way over to him until he's sitting beside him, leaning against the wall. I know this is a lot to take in. I didn't tell you any of this because I didn't expect you to get so tangled up in all this. I'm sorry if I've broken your trust in me. Just hard, he whispers, I don't like trusting people. I get it. Putting your trust in people is scary, but you know what scares me more? What? My father. You're dying, Michael sighs, him staying alive and more children dying. I gave you and Freddy this information because the thought of my father winning terrifies me more than trusting you two with the real me. Yeah, that would be pretty scary. I can't force you to trust me, Michael says, but I still plan on getting you out of here alive. I'd at least appreciate some cooperation. Of course I'll cooperate, he huffs, I don't wanna die. He still isn't sure how to feel about Michael Afton, but he can't afford to dwell on it now. Not when a killer is still after him. His fear of dying overrides his fear of trusting people, so you'll put some faith in this, weird, ex-dead guy. Glad we agree on something. But no more lying about immortal dads or bunny killers. Michael holds his hands up. Everything is out in the open. Oh wait, he pauses, you might wanna know that the victims of my father used to haunt old animatronics. I'm pretty sure they've been put to rest by now. Gregory side eyes Freddy. Pretty sure? They're not in the glam rocks, I know that for sure. Alright, anything else? Ah, during one of my jobs I went to ex-Benedict. That's so stupid. It wasn't my choice. One more question. Did it hurt getting your organs scooped out? Of course it hurt dips hit. I thought that remnant stuff would make you immune to pain. Sadly, it doesn't. I don't recommend having your organs forcibly removed. Zero out of ten experiences. Ex-Benedict shows up in the database as well, Freddy says, he looks exactly like you. He was fired from Circus Babies Auditorium in 1990. 
Those fuckers fired me. Language. You did not know this? I'm sorry, I was too busy being used as a meat suit by a haunted animatronic. Whoa, that sounds cool. Like something from a video game. Glad you find my suffering cool. You're fine now so it's okay. I have PTSD. Okay but like, physically you're fine. Michael pulls him into a headlock, causing him to yelp in surprise. It isn't painful like the headlocks his foster siblings used to put him in. It isn't easy to escape though. You're a little shit. Language. And you're an old shit face. Gregory, language. Is that how you talk to people older than you? Piss off. He laughs in surprise as Michael tickles his side. He can't move away since the older man still has him trapped in a headlock. He kicks his feet, hoping to hit the man somewhere so he'll let him go. He cheers internally when he hears Michael yell and row, and finally let him go. Once he's free, he moves away so Michael can't grab him again. He glares at him, and earns a glare back. Brat. Dick. Language. Maybe Michael Afton isn't so different from Michael Schmidt after all. Chapter 8, Choked Up. They explore another security office and find a level 7 pass before Freddy announces that he needs to charge up again. Him and Michael decide to investigate the underground a bit, hoping to find an exit down there. The faz watch Freddy gave him allows him to call for Freddy whenever needed, so once the bear is finished, he can signal their location and the bear will come running. It's very convenient. The tunnels are just as creepy as they were when he first came down here. What makes it worse is Michael's unfamiliarity with them. Thank God for Mapbot, even if the little shit scared them both to death. Michael's scream was pretty funny though. It looks like there's another room on the other side of this vent, he says, pointing up towards an open vent about six feet above the floor, I can crawl in and see if there's anything promising. Worth a shot I guess. Michael picks him up by his armpits and helps guide him into the vent. He begins crawling forward, hoping the room on the other side has some kind of exit or security badge. It doesn't. It has a tiny weird animatronic blocking his way. Oh no no no, he yells, as the animatronic claps its cymbals and chases after him. He turns around as quickly as he can in this small space and crawls back to where he came from. He yelps as the animatronic kicks him in the leg, but he doesn't slow down. In fact, he speeds up. Michael, catch me. What dash? He doesn't give him a chance to finish. He jumps out of the vent and right into Michael's arms, who luckily was semi-ready for him. He stumbles a bit, but he catches him nonetheless. They both look up when they hear a loud cymbal clack. Music man? Michael asks, what the fuck are you doing here? You know this guy? I built him. Why would you do that? He attacked me. Well I didn't build him to attack children. Michael huffs. He rearranges him so Gregory's balanced on his hip instead. What's gotten into you music man? The animatronic claps his cymbals in response. Well, at least you recognize me. Can you do me a favor and not attack Gregory again? Please? Music man nods and turns around, scurrying back into the vents. Gregory looks at Michael in shock, surprised asking even worked. Michael looks back at him and shrugs. Too bad I can't do that with all of them. Where should we go now? 
Gregory lifts up his faz watch, showing Michael the area he was trying to get to. He scans the map, before looking around the surrounding area. I think the kitchen might be next door, I had to go in there once to fix the oven. Is it worth going in there? Michael bites his lower lip. I don't know, I think we might run into Dash. There you are, Tilda. They flinch as loud footsteps rush their way towards them. Cheek runs at them, pizza grease and a piece of pepperoni on her cheek. She must have been rummaging around in the garbage again. Shit. Michael yells. He runs the opposite way of Chica towards two red doors. He slams them open, and they ironically find themselves in the kitchen. Michael doesn't waste a second and hides behind one of the many counters in the kitchen, finally putting him down. A couple seconds later, they hear the doors slam open again. Your parents are looking for you, Tilda. What an obvious lie. Michael peeks around the corner, probably trying to determine where Chica is. He looks around, then turns back towards Gregory. There's a trash can near the other side of the room. I'm gonna knock it over, and that should distract her long enough for us to escape. What about me? Stay out of her sight. Move closer to the door when you think you can. Okay. Be careful. You too kid, Michael says, ruffling his hair. The older man gets to work, moving as quietly and stealthily as he can. Chica's movements are sporadic, so it's difficult to get a good read on where she'll go next. Gregory tries to peek over and see her, but every time he does, she's looking in his general direction. He doesn't know how Michael is able to move so well while under her gaze. He can't even hear where she is because she moves back and forth too much. After a fourth attempt of trying to pinpoint her location, he successfully catches her when she's looking away. He moves to the next counter as quickly as possible, not wanting to risk catching her eye. Just another counter away from the door. Found you, Tilda. He gasps and turns around, not seeing Chica anywhere. Suddenly, a shadow looms over him. He looks up. His blood runs cold. She's standing on the counter right behind him. No? He scrambles up and towards the door, but Chica grabs him by the leg as he's trying to stand. He cries out in pain as she grabs his leg tightly, definitely leaving a bruise. She brings him up to eye level, and he stares into her deranged, purple eyes. Were they always purple? Vanessa needs to see you now, Tilda. Her other hand shoots out and wraps around his neck, cutting off his air supply. He scratches at her hand and kicks his other foot about, but nothing works. Even as he lands a few hits, her grip doesn't relent. His vision slowly begins to black out, and his limbs become weaker. He tries to look around for Michael, but he's nowhere to be seen. He doesn't want to die. He needs Michael to help him because he doesn't want to die, he doesn't want to die, he doesn't. Chica's grip lets up, and he gasps in relief as he falls to the floor. Gregory. He coughs and places a hand over his throat. It hurts, so he lets it go immediately. Two hands help him sit up slowly one on his back and one on stomach. He gasps out as he tries to regain his breath. Easy there kid. Take deep breaths, in and out, yeah, just like that. It's okay now, you're okay. MMI. His voice feels all scratchy now. Michael must notice this, because he picks him up and balances him on his hip, walking over to the fridge. Let's get you some water. That'll help your throat. 
Michael opens the fridge and grabs a bottle of water. He opens it and hands it to him. He quickly drinks as much as he can, thirsty not only from being choked but also from all the running he's done tonight. He gasps in relief once he drinks about half the bottle. Michael takes it from him and places it on the counter beside the fridge. Better? Why yeah, he coughs again, see Chica. I rebooted her system. Michael turns them towards the chicken, who's standing completely still, eyes turned off. I had to be quiet so I could sneak up behind her and open her panel. I'm sorry for taking so long. Michael didn't leave him. He just needed to be quiet, that's why he couldn't alert him of his presence. He didn't leave him. IIT's okay, he rasps out, thanks F for saving me, again. Of course, Michael smiles. For the second time that night, his smile looked sad. I'm just glad you're okay. System rebooted. Michael turns around to see Chica's eyes slowly turn back on. The weird purple color is gone, instead, they look their usual blue. She groans and shakes her head. How did I get here? She looks up and gasps at the sight of them. Michael flinches and turns him around in his arms, trying to hide him from her view. Oh, Mr. Michael. Did you take me down here? And why do you have a child with you? You dash, Michael pauses, you don't remember, what just happened? Chica tilts her head. You mean what happened to Freddy? She gasps, is he okay? Why aren't you checking him over? I dash. Michael goes to put him down, but he keeps a tight grip on his shirt. Luckily, Michael gets the hint and bounces him to readjust him in his arms. Chica, it's almost 2 a.m. Freddy had his malfunction hours ago. What? She gasps, no, that's impossible. They didn't tell me I'd be shut off. You weren't, Michael shakes his head, you've been roaming around this entire time. It's, kind of a long story. What do you mean Mr. Michael? Well? Michael bites his lower lip, then sighs, I think something corrupted yours and the other systems, because you've all been chasing this little guy around all night, treating him as a dangerous intruder. What, what? Chica's blue eyes grow duller somehow, and her eyelids droop, but, we are not programmed to hurt children. Usually you aren't, but there's something evil going on in the plex, and it's causing everyone to act aggressively. The only one who seems to be fine is Freddy. Chica clasps her hands together. Her eyes land on Gregory, and he panics and hides his face in Michael's shoulder. So, so those injuries. You were choking him, Michael whispers. Chiku gasps in horror. I had to reboot your systems to stop you. Oh, she cries. She slowly steps towards them, hunched over in a non-threatening way, like she's trying to make herself smaller. Oh darling, I'm so sorry. I would never hurt you of my own free will. I love children, I couldn't imagine ever causing one any harm. Gregory lifts his head up from Michael's shoulder and scans her up and down. She does seem normal now. Her eyes aren't purple, and her voice isn't as distorted as it once was. She also seems more stable now. I, uh, forgive you. Just, um, please don't do that again. Chica's eyes light up. Of course. Oh, thank you so much. I know you might still be scared of me, so I'll work extra hard to show you I mean no harm. In fact dash. She opens up her front hatch and pulls out a lollipop. 
Want some candy? He eyes the lollipop warily before slowly reaching out for it. He stares at it for a few seconds before shoving it towards Michael. You lick it first. Why? Just in case. Why do I have to be the guinea pig? You can't die anyway, so what's the big deal? Getting poison still hurts, Michael glares. He still takes a lick of the lollipop. When nothing happens for about 10 seconds, Gregory deems it okay and goes to eat it. He was a little hungry, now that he thinks about it. Is he your child Mr. Michael? No. He got lost and I'm trying to get him out. I can't call anyone because the phones are down. Oh you poor thing, Chica Coos, you must be so scared. He shrugs and takes the lollipop out of his mouth. A little, but at least I have Michael and Freddy to help me. That's good. And I'm glad to hear that Freddy is okay. He wasn't corrupted at least, Michael scoffs, he's just on low battery mode, which is annoying. Speaking of Freddy, he says around his lollipop, I should call him. He presses the call button on his face watch. Freddy? Superstar. Are you alright? Chica got me, but then Michael rebooted her systems and she's all okay now. Freddy. Chica cheers, I'm so happy to hear that you're okay. Chica. It is so good to hear your voice. I knew it was not really you trying to hurt Gregory. Freddy, you still charging? Michael asks. No. I have finished and I am currently at 98% charge. Good. Can you meet us at parts and service then? I need to fix your battery, and I want to take a look at Chica's coding. Maybe it'll tell us what's been corrupting everyone. That is an excellent Mr. SCH, Afton. Afton? Chica asks. Michael sighs. I used a fake name for this job. I'll explain everything on the way to parts and service. Don't worry, Gregory says, patting Michael on the cheek. He's not Sue's. Michael gives him a weird look. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Language. Okay, bye Freddy. Michael lifts Gregory's finger off the call button and groans, I don't get paid enough for this shit. Language Mr. Michael. Gregory giggles at the defeated look on the older man's face. Michael is probably right, he doesn't get paid enough for this. Let's just, go to parts and service. 